Welcome to Scrubby Handshakes. This is Sheldon. It's that time again where we dive into the Bake Off world, watch an episode, talk about it, have some fun, I'll tell you what I failed at baking, tell you what I succeeded at baking. All the good things that happen in this world we talk about on Scrubby Handshakes because that's what we do. That's what we do. It's how we roll, as they say. The kids like to say that's how we roll. It's a Sunday morning here. I'm recording. Got my coffee in my hand. My croissant has been consumed. So it's a pretty good day. Can't complain. Can't complain. I will say, though. Okay, I guess I'm going to complain. Here we go. Um, okay, croissants. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, have a, I have this two, actually there's more than two. There's two primary places I get my croissants. You know, I, I usually, I eat like one every week or two. It's kind of my my thing. Maybe two if if I get a couple for the weekend. You know how it goes. But, so there's one I really love to go to. It's a fantastic bakery. It is so good. It just has lines. It has, which I guess, you know, it's a testament to its success. They used to have, though, prior to the pandemic, you know, sorry. During the pandemic, they they uh, pivoted, uh, like everyone had to, right? And they created a system where you could, you know, at, at eight o'clock on on uh, on the weekends and or like, whatever time it was during the the week, you could just hop on their website. You could go to like a, you know, and they would put up all the stuff they have ready to go, and you would just literally, it, you had to be pretty quick. You had to go and order the things you wanted, add them to a cart. And boom, it was done. You could order it right there and then just go pick it up. It was so fantastic. I loved it. And I didn't feel like I had to wait in line. And, you know, because when you waited in line, you don't know what's going to be there when you get up there. Because you had to wait. It was outside. You had to, like, the line, <laughs> the line, it rolls outside, you know, 10, 15, sometimes 20 people deep. And, you know, but I love their, their, their baked goods. They're fantastic. I love them. But gosh, I hate the uncertainty of it. So I go to this other bakery. Now, this other bakery, it's good. It's good. They actually make really good macarons and, and they make some really good stuff. But their croissants aren't quite as good. They're like, a, you know, they're good. Better than anything I could ever make, for sure. But compared to this other bakery, just not anywhere near as good. So it's a dilemma. Do I go and wait in the lines and maybe I'll get what I want when I get up there? Or do I go to the sure thing? I tell you, I've been opting for the sure thing just because time. I don't know. We don't, I, I hate, I just hate the concept of something is so popular that it, it's just a, I feel like um, you ever seen the, the, if you ever watched Seinfeld, I mean, I pause it if you're in the U.S., you probably have, and you, you can, I'm assuming it's worldwide and people have seen Seinfeld, but there's like the, the one with the soup guy, right? And, and you get, like, you walk up, you order, you, you hope you don't mess up and you go to the next thing and you might get what you want. You might not. Right. That's what I always feel like when I go to that bakery that I, that I love so much, but I'm not going to give their names. Cause I, you know, they're both fantastic. I mean, look, they're both successful bakeries. Just one has this cachet. They, they're just, they have this big wood-fired oven. It's fantastic. It's so, so good. Um, but anyways, I digress. So my baking world this week, I did some baking. Yeah, I, I did some baking. I did a little baking there. Um, so after after the uh, episode recording last week, I uh, decided to make a couple things. I just felt like going going to town, going to the kitchen for, for a couple of, couple of rounds and I made um so it was a it was a Ghirardelli weekend. Uh you know, I 
you know, I know there's all kinds of fantastic chocolates you can get, but you know, Ghirardelli is very readily available. And their chocolate, like, it's like if I want morsels, like, you know, like uh, semi-sweet morsels, theirs are better than, than say, like a Toll House or the store brand or whatever they are. Like, I say, you know, I said Toll House, they're Nestle Toll House morsels. You know, that's, that's the, if you ever grew up in America, those are the ones that you would always have. Typically, you would see them in the store and they basically had the chocolate chip cookie recipe and it was Nestle Toll House morsels. But I tell you, I just like the Ghirardelli stuff better. And so that's normally my go-to chocolates when I just go grocery shop and I grab those. Uh, there are some others that are, I know are, you know, supposed to be, you know, super high quality and stuff. I just, they're harder to find. And so I just go with the ones I can get pretty regularly. And so, but I just happened to dive into the, the, the those are the chips that I, it was a Ghirardelli weekend. So I, I did brownies. I did uh, chocolate brownies with the Ghirardelli recipe. And I actually, I actually goofed up. Big surprise. Uh, but they were, they, they were fantastic. They went really good. I just, uh, I, I, so the recipes on these, on these bags and stuff, they give them in volume, right? They give them in, uh, you know, it's like, X cups of flour and X cups of sugar where I am much more attuned and keen to using weights. And so I like to translate them. Like I'll go find, you know, 128 grams of flour is one cup or whatever it is. And I'll do those calculations and weigh my ingredients. Cause I just wait. I like the precision of that in baking. Um, and it just it makes me crazy that they don't give both. Um, so I'll do that. And, but I went and I did the flour portion of it. And I think I was, I think it was one cup of flour. It was one cup plus one quarter more or something like, I can't remember what it was. Anyways, I did the translation. It was, I remember seeing three quarters cup. That's what it was. A three quarters cup of whatever it was, flour. And so I, uh, did the calculation in grams. I said, oh, okay. 100, 128 grams, 120 grams, whatever it was. And then I just measured that out and I put it in. Well, the recipe was three quarters of a cup. And so I did about a quarter cup more flour than the recipe actually called for. So it turned out fine. It, it, you know, it, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm sure it made them a little fluffier or a little more. They, they did take a little longer to cook. I noticed that. Um, than I expected. So I, I, the, the recipe called for, I think it was 25 to 30 minutes. I think they, I cooked like 32 to get a clean toothpick or uh, uh, poker out of the middle. Um, and so it took a little longer than I thought to cook. I was like, huh, that's weird. Uh, but then again, you know, my oven always makes me, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, but I finally got the clean toothpick and I, I pulled them out and uh, you know, let them cool, cut them. They were really good, really good. So Ghirardelli, you basically break up Ghirardelli chocolate bar, uh, and then you put some Ghirardelli chips in there as well, just a, you know, a small amount to just kind of add those little extra chocolate chunks in it. And oh my gosh, they were so good. And I, I shared those with some friends and uh, all that like. And then I made, uh, Ghirardelli has, on the white chocolate chip bag, there is a macadamia nut white chocolate chip. You know, that's a standard, pretty standard cookie, macadamia white chocolate. Well, I went to grab my macadamia nuts. I knew I had some, and I didn't quite have enough. I think I had three quarters of a cup, but I needed a full cup. Cashews to the rescue. So I, I made macadamia cashew white chocolate chip cookies. And I tell you, not too bad, Joe, not too bad. But 
ovens. I just get back to ovens. I tell you, they make me nuts. Ovens make me nuts. And I, it is so, they are so, okay, they, my oven, which is a new oven. It is like, you know, I, we, it's just a you know, a handful of years old, you know, maybe three, four, four, maybe four, I guess we've been in the house about four years. So about f- it's probably a four year old oven. Not like before I started baking, you know, we use the oven, but it's, you know, just to cook, you know, something here and there and, or heat something up. Uh, and it has two ovens. It's it's a range size stove, but it has two ovens. We don't have like the little drawer at the bottom like some ovens, like ranges do. It just has two ovens. They're both gas powered. One is a convection if you want it to be. But I tell you, consistency and temperature is non-existent. It is non-existent. I, I, I will put oven thermometers in there. I've bought a couple different ones. And I use a baking stone when I bake in the oven. So it, it ho- hopes to maintain the heat in there because it's a, like a heat sink that holds it. But I tell you, it is all over the place. I'll set it for 350. I look in, it's like barely three. And I'm just like, come on, you're killing me here. Now, I'm assuming these these gauges are right, the, one, the ones I, I have in there, because uh, I've used multiple of them. And it's got to be the oven sensor. There just isn't it either either the part of the oven where the sensor is is at that temperature, and the rest of the oven isn't, which is very possible, or it's just wonky and it, it just you know fluctuates up and down so much that it's just not holding. But I have to like really pay attention to. It. I'm actually gonna probably go and purchase myself a wireless temperature probe so that I can know in the center of the oven exactly what temperature is at every second. I'm gonna. <laughs> I know that's it's nuts, but it impacts what I bake. It just does. And I know people say, like, get to know your oven and you get to need, you have to get to know its personality. My oven is like that neighbor that just peers out behind the curtain and hides and doesn't talk to you and lets the grass grow too long. It's mean. It's a mean oven. I'm there, I said it. And I don't know. I just, I, I cannot deal with it. Uh, it's just that, that, that way. So anyways, uh, and then I guess oh, I did one other bake. Okay. So my wife had a, my wife, uh, uh, has a pretty stressful job sometimes. And so, uh, it, you know, she was going into, I knew it was a stressful day for her coming up. And so, uh, she, I, I, she is often a person that takes my bakes to work, uh, because if we ate them all, I would be immobile. And so <laughs> I often bake stuff and she takes some, I'll take some to work, but her uh, coworkers just dig my cookies. And so you know, I knew she had a tough day coming up. And so I said, okay, I'm going to get up really early. I get up really early, whipped up a batch of uh, Ghirardelli, uh chocolate chip cookies uh, with pecans and uh, gave them to her and she took them. And, and uh, so it was a trifecta of Ghirardelli this week. Um, and, and no, I'm not sponsored by Ghirardelli, just so you know that. There, was, there are no sponsors on this show. Anyways, <laughs> but lots of cookies and baking this past week, and the ovens are a devil. There we go. That's a summary of the last 10 minutes. Okay, uh, so where are they now? Let's do a quick where are they now. Um, So you've got this week, I decided to go season 12, uh, one of the finalists, uh, Christelle, and I'm going to... Oh, pronounce her name wrong. Uh, I'm going to spell it first. P-E-R-E-I-R-A. So I'm guessing Pereira. That's how I'm going to go. Pereira. Christelle Pereira. How about that? Um, I think I got it okay. Um, she is a fantastic baker. I mean, she was one of the first 
people to really bring a lot of that, um, uh, you know, Indian. She's born to uh, parents that were born in Kenya. Yeah, Kenya. Uh, but they are Portuguese and Goan, which were former Portuguese territories that are now reincorporated or incorporated into India. So, sorry, a little history lesson there that we didn't ask for. But uh, uh, so um, that's her background. Uh, she brings a lot of flavors of India and South Asia to the, the tent. She had all kinds of curries and wonderful flavors that she would bring that you didn't really see too much of that prior to her. Um, she, I would give her credit to being one of the people that really brought those bold flavors to the, to the, uh, uh, to the, to the tent. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, Shabira was probably one of the more recent ones that the season after her that, that, that probably carried on that tradition, I guess I would say. Um, but, uh, you know, she, I think she did probably one of the best at it. And, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to, if, if someone else did it before, I'm sure they did. I just remember her very specifically bringing that level of, of, uh, different flavors to the tent uh that were just kind of really unique and and uh, sometimes you'd argue like for the bake-off tent over the top in terms of what other people were doing but they worked and so she did a great job um so anyways where is she now uh she's busy 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 uh first of all follow her and on her, on her uh instagram it's uh christel christel uh, Pereira. Gosh, I hope I'm getting that even close to right. Um, <laughs> but you can find it. I'll spell it out for you. C-R-Y-S-T-E-L-L-E-P-E-R-E-I-R-A. On our Instagram. That's your Instagram. So at Christelle uh, Pereira. Pereira. <laughs> Jeez, guys, I'm, I'm butchering that. I'm so sorry. Um, and uh, you can find her uh, on uh, Instagram. Uh, what is she doing now? She has just written a book. Uh, big, you know, and you know. Yeah, a lot of another book. I know a lot of them write books, but uh, hers is based on flavors, and so Flavor Kitchen is the name of it. Lots of those going influences. Uh, I just uh, read an article of hers um, on it was L uh, India version, so it's like uh, L is the magazine, E L L E dot I N uh, is the website, but the article is on there. You know, she's uh, just talking about her Bake Off influences and how. So many people have reached out to her, thanking her for bringing uh, that uh, those influences to the tent. And, you know, she was one of the first that's done that, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, you know, she is. Um, uh, it's funny. I read a couple facts about her. When she entered the Bake Off tent, she had only been baking like three years, which is, this always blows my mind. You know, I guess we're talking about juniors now. I guess these kids just started baking as well, and they're they're blowing out of the water. You know, but Christelle was baking about three years but she's always cooked and stuff with her family but baking was really something she kind of took on uh fairly recently um to which always blows my mind and she makes it to the finals of bake-off go figure right uh so she was in the finals with giuseppe and chigs you know so pretty tough competition uh she held her own though i remember her doing quite well and uh she seems to be thriving so congratulations to you and your new book i hope uh, people get it and enjoy those flavors inspired by your heritage so Fantastic stuff. I hope it uh, hope it uh, is a bestseller. All right. What do we got now? Bag off. Let's get right to it. The Juniors episode. Season 7, episode 7. Heat B. They're jumping in a biscuit. Well, the first thing I noticed right out, right out of the gate is how much every almost every one of the kids just says, oh, I hate biscuits. I can't wait for this week to be over. None of them were really into, into biscuits. And so... 
Okay, so that's the first thing I kind of noticed. Uh, the uh, so last this is the, the second episode of this heat. So they no one went home last week. So everyone's kind of I guess clean slate. I don't know. It's kind of weird. I kind of wish, and we'll get to this at the end here. I kind of wish they would take both of the episodes into account. Uh, because it's kind of a bummer to go crush it on episode one and get nailed on episode two just because you didn't do so great episode two. But anyways, I digress. Um, so just kind of a couple things to notice right out of the gate. Uh, you know, with, with the biscuits, they jumped to the, the technical. The technical was some pretty basic biscuits. They were a, a sabla dough. So a very kind of, it's almost like, a, to me, I think it's like a shortbread. The key uh, thing that uh, Rav pointed out, you know, chill your dough. You know, you know, she talked about that was kind of the hint she gave them before she walked off for the technical. Uh, they were like heart-shaped frames, like sunglasses. So this is like one of those uh, uh, accessory uh Snack accessories, I guess they call them. <laughs> it's, a, it's something that looks like something functional, like macaron purses and and uh, you know, uh, I guess uh, biscuit sunglasses. And so she wanted heart shaped ones that were pink, uh, boiled sweet lenses. So you, you basically have like, I guess a boiled sweet. It's like a hard candy, I guess in the U.S. I've never heard of a boiled sweet before. I'm like, what's a boiled sweet? And I guess to me, it's it's basically a hard candy. Um, and because they, they put them in the middle, they crush them up, put them in the middle of the lenses and they melt and kind of form the lens uh, with uh, some. They wanted uh, two of these sandwiched together with like royal icing. And what they wanted was the sprinkles, like the little tiny ball shaped sprinkles in the center between the two lenses. So you, it's almost like a little rattle. You could hear it shake inside and when you broke it open, they fall out. So that was kind of what they were looking for. Um, not everyone kind of got that <laughs> some people just put the sprinkles on the outside or whatever they didn't quite understand they wanted them between sandwich between the two lenses which is what they were looking for um so i get the biggest challenges people had were you know with the uh uh making sure that the dough was well chilled um and then making sure that things came out kind of neat. You know, they want this to be kind of, you know, crisp lines. They want to be able to almost pick it up nice, sharp, crisp biscuit when you picked it up. Uh, some folks didn't quite get the bake right uh, or those on the soft size side. Um, some people definitely didn't understand the part about <laughs> getting the sprinkles in the middle. Uh, some folks struggled with the candy. So actually one person did. And this is where, okay. This is where the age thing came into play, I think. So little Olivia, definitely the tiniest of all of them, was you know trying to break the candies up in a bag. You, you basically take the, these hard candy, you put a bag, and you have to smack them up to break the, break them into tiny pieces. She just couldn't do it very well, and so finally someone came over and helped her. You know, uh, give Fraser a lot of credit for coming and helping her out, but she lost a lot of time like a ton of time. And so her biscuits got in late. Um, they, you know, so they, they came out, they, they didn't have time to go chill really. She's just had to kind of roll with it. And so it hurt her quite badly. I think in terms of the, the placement. Now, again, it, they weren't particularly neat because again, time rushed. It's a little thing. So like that to me, I don't know, little, little bit of thing there. They could have thought of 
Uh, and again, we'll get to this in, in a little bit here. But she struggled with that, um, at the disadvantage of a tiny person. Uh, she was re got really behind on things. Um, I was really impressed with a few people, uh, just again, their knowledge at that age. You know, Fraser was like, he knew exactly what a sable, a sable biscuit was. Uh, and again, I hope I'm pronouncing it right. They they went back and forth on how to pronounce it. Is it sable or sabla? I'm pretty sure it's sabla. I think it's French. But he said, yeah, I read I've read Rob's book, and I, he she he she uses that a lot, and so he knew his stuff inside and out. Um, poor Mia, uh, boy, I mean, cookie drop. You know, that's uh, these things happen. But I felt bad for her because the one she made was really nice. It was really really nice, neat, good looking cookie, crisp biscuit but when she pulled them out of the oven she dropped all but two and toasted it so she instead of delivering three sets of sunglasses she was only able to deliver one that set her uh she ended up last because of that so which was a bummer because her cookie was delicious and and it looked good um her biscuit sorry not cookie i'm dumb american here um so anyways so uh, uh, salma also knew her stuff very well she really knew that not to overmix the biscuit. You overmix the biscuit, it's going to lose its snap. Um, she she picked up on that right away. So her biscuit uh, came out pretty darn good. Uh, not fantastic, but good. Um, <laughs> Gabriel, man. Okay. Uh, again, I, I'm always trying to be kind, but I can be. But like, almost everything that comes up so far, again, it's only two episodes of him. It's like, they really aren't my thing. Snack accessories really aren't my thing. <laughs> You know, it's just like, and almost immediately, they go, you know, Harry comes over to him. He's covered in, like, flour and other things. I don't even know what these things were. But he's like a Tasmanian devil in the kitchen. It's like, there seems to be stuff all over him and all over everything else. So, and he seemed to do okay, though. I mean, he seemed to do okay in in, in this bake. Um, uh, came out just fine, dandy. Uh, Aisha knows the side. I, 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 okay. Aisha, Aisha, Aisha. That's like, I tried to write down how to pronounce it. And I'm, I'm awful with pronunciations, people. I'm so sorry. I don't, I try to listen carefully, but my memory is bad. And so I, I try to go back and I'm like, okay, what is that again? So I kind of wrote the phonetically Aisha. Um, she really understands that whole science of baking. She is a smart cookie, no pun intended. Um, you know, her goal in life, and we talk, she talks about it in the second bake, is to be a neurosurgeon. She's, she's already studying, like, every part of the, the brain and the, the spinal cord at her age. And so I'm sure she's going to go on and do great things. Um, you know, as Liam put it, I was eating crisps and playing video games at that age. <laughs> um, so, but she, she understands that science really well. Uh, Devante, uh, he did okay. Not really neat in his decorations. Uh, you know, a little bit misshapen. So again, the 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 key of this is kind of keeping that crisp cut, baking them well, so that everything's kind of lined up. And, and and when you take it out, it looks you, you can pick them up basically after you've chilled them. Uh, you know, a lot of people took and put them in the freezer, chilled them down, uh, and brought them back out to to be nice and crisp and good. Um, again, as I said, Mia busted all them cookies. Uh, Fraser, he now knew he was doing. Uh, Thomas, I think he just goofed up. Um, and didn't bake enough cookies because he kind of looked around and goes, oh, I don't have enough. <laughs> he had like, I think you need you need six sets of the glasses to make two, you know, three pair. Uh, and he only had five cook, uh, biscuits baked. So 
oops, a uh, little mistake on his part. Um, he ended up one ahead of Mia. So Mia was eighth. It was then Thomas, uh, Olivia, uh, which again, I put a little asterisk next to that. I feel so bad for someone just because of their size and she's so tiny, aren't able to do certain things as well. Uh, so that was a little bit of a bummer for, for her. Uh, then it was Devante, uh, Salma, Gabriel, third. Uh, then uh, Aisha, and then number one was Fraser. And well-deserved for him. He was uh, he baked really well. He went over and helped um, little Olivia. So good, good for him. Uh, he, he deserved it. Uh, all right, so then rolling into the uh, Showstopper, um, some people had to kind of step it up. And uh, Showstopper, okay, so what they did for Showstopper was a biscuit box where they basically had to, to make a, a square box that was supposed to be nice and neat, um, but had different five different sides representing five different parts of their personality or them as it was it was a biscuit box about me is what it was and so uh a lot of people turned to things like gingerbread or shortbread or, or whatnot uh the biggest challenge i think people kind of saw was the the neatness of the box and then being able to kind of get it to glue together you know so people chose different methods you had some buttercream choices you had some oral icing choices you had uh, uh aisha tried to do a uh, interesting, a dry caramel to bring it together. Uh, it took her a little while to get that right. That was a risk, um, but she managed to pull it together. Uh, but her decorating on hers was was phenomenal. But um, so just some of the flavors. Um, like Olivia was like gingerbread. Um, you know, I'm just gonna go into the biscuit flavors. So Olivia was a gingerbread, but she kind of went heavy with some other spices. So she added. Uh, some cloves which can be really overpowering which we find out and as well as um i forget what the other one she was maybe it was nutmeg i can't remember but anyway so you know gingerbread uh maybe it was cinnamon and cloves i think that's what it was uh salma she went over the top and did five different flavored biscuits so each of her panels on her box were a different flavor i was pretty impressed by that uh cardamom chocolate orange geranium so I don't even know. I can't even think what a geranium tastes like. Apparently, there's a lot of, uh, in her culture, that, that's a very common flavor. Uh, I've never heard of geranium flavors. Uh, I'd be interested in seeing what that's like. Peppermint and cinnamon. Um, risky, again, instead, you, but you got to get, you got to nail five flavors instead of just one or maybe two, right? That's risky because you if you get one off, uh, it can throw the whole game. And then uh, as, as Rav pointed out, it's like you're also, these flavors, as you eat one after the other, they could compete with each other. So imagine having like a chocolate orange followed by, by uh, you know, cinnamon or peppermint, uh, cardamom peppermint, you know, all those things. They, they'll start to blend in your mouth a little bit. And it's like, oh, okay. They were fine by themselves, but individual, but when you blend them together, start to get a little, little on the weird side. Uh, Gabriel uh, or, with orange biscuits with basically some chocolate chess pieces on top. Um, uh, Aisha went with uh, again orange and cinnamon with dry caramel kind of holding it together. Uh, Devante uh, gingerbread uh, essentially. The Mia went with lemon poppy seed biscuit. So I, I'm not a huge 
fruit flavor person, but I think I would I would like to try that. Uh, I, I need to try more things like lemon. Lemon's a pretty popular baking flavor, and I have some lemon extracts and things like that, and I guess you get fresh lemons as well. Um, but I don't do a lot with it, so I don't know. Maybe maybe it's time for me to expand my horizons after seeing the lemon poppy seed biscuit. Um, uh, Fraser, okay, <laughs> again, this this guy, this kid, uh, he is a forty five year old man, fifty year old's body. He went with uh, chocolate, cardamom, and a hogweed. I thought, I thought hogweed was in the u.s okay in the u.s i thought it was a actually pretty dangerous flower the stalk i believe has little bristles on it that are very very irritable if i'm if i'm thinking of the same plant um and i don't know if i am but uh i guess hog, hogweed has kind of citrusy flavors according to to what they did here he went out and harvested himself and dried it um and then uh talked about um uh, the things that are on his panels. One of them was coffee. He goes, yeah, I don't start my day without coffee. <laughs> like, you're 15. You're 15. Uh, uh, anyways, it's, it's just great. I think they need to check his birth certificate. I, I'm just going to say that. Um, I'm pretty sure he's 45. Um, you know, and, and I'm teasing, of course. He, he's a brilliantly, brilliantly mature young man. And uh, his his box, when it came out, when it was baked, looked great it was crisp lines it was well well squared he used some it looked like buttercream icing to kind of decorate it nicely that nice chocolate color to it really nice job it was stunning all around uh, and then thomas did a vanilla biscuit with orange buttercream um and for the orange he used orange extract which i think came back to bite him a little bit uh when they basically said, you know, they kind of said, yeah, you know, that, or, you know, maybe use traditional or no, or not traditional, but uh, natural flavors because it kind of can taste artificial sometimes. And I think it did. Um, the uh, couple people, so I guess one of the standards before you, before you make these things, to get those nice crisp lines and so they don't uh, spread out when you bake and you lose that, that definition is you, Cut out your pieces, then you chill it. You put it in the freezer, make it nice and chill. So when it bakes, it doesn't, it doesn't, it bakes before it melts. Uh, it's kind of the, 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 the thing you're going for there. You want to, want it to firm up and bake before you melt it, uh, before the butter and stuff melts out. And so a couple people didn't do that. Thomas and Frazier, no, no, I'm sorry, I did that, sorry. Thomas and Devante did not do that. And both of them had issues with, some wonkiness and you know not straight edges and things like that so that came back to bite them a little bit uh mia uh her edges i don't know what happened i, I struggled to follow what happened but the edges were pretty messed up they were not very clean in terms of the you know it looked like people had kind of broken pieces off the edges of hers uh so on on the uh optics of hers it was it wasn't great um but overall it kind of tasted okay um tasted a lot of the poppy seed according to to um liam but not enough lemon so she she failed to put enough lemon in it uh and so didn't quite get the flavors uh, quite where they wanted to be other notes uh gabriel's was underbaked 
Um, but I guess the taste was okay. Uh, the chess pieces looked a little messy, but um, he's he's definitely messy. Neatness is not his thing. Uh, but uh, he did okay. And then um, Salma, again, those flavors were great, but again, the combination of them, not so, so much. And then um, Aisha's was fantastic. I mean, it looked really, really neat, like but like to a to a T. It was crisp. The the decoration, the piping she did was really, really well. She put a she went above and beyond. Surprise, right? Um, she put a little photo reel inside. So you you lifted this little handle and it rolled out photos of her family and stuff and, and people she cared about, which I thought was a really, really nice touch. It was above and beyond. So from that from the perspective of I think who had the best bakes and the uh, showstopper, it was definitely her. So Aisha and then Fraser, uh, those two definitely stood out uh, amongst everyone else. Uh, they had kind of a bunch of people in, in the. I thought kind of in the middle. Um, at the bottom, I probably would have put Mia's for neatness, Thomas for flavor, and then Olivia's because um, hers was a little overbaked. She had some some. Uh, consistency problems with the edges getting too crisp right and so um and she, but she knew it when you know when she, you know again she's rolling it out she's probably pretty she's tiny and so you know, i imagine getting the pressure on the roller could be a little difficult for her but whatever um she took them out of the oven she got ah oh, she like oh i know they look a little burned and she knew it um but in the end it, it cost her so she ended up getting sent home um I had a little problem with that one. I have to admit, uh, I was I was like, "What? Come on, you know?" Because she was uh, crushed. She crushed it in the first round, like crushed it, like the first the first round. I say first round, uh, first day. Um, she was right up there. She was second. I mean, she it was either her or, or Salma uh, for Star Baker, and she was great. And then today. On this episode, she was six in the technical. So she was definitely towards the back. But Mia was last. Okay. And I will say, again, I don't get to taste the bakes. So I don't know how strong her clothes were and how bad it was. Maybe they were just being kind. But Mia had flavor problems. Mia had, hers looked rougher in my opinion. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. I would have had to say Mia would have been my choice to go home. Um, and then, you know, Thomas certainly isn't crushing it. Um, I don't know. I kind of had a problem. Considering how well she did day one, that doesn't count for anything. And I know they, it's day to day, but no one got sent home day one. So I kind of felt like, I don't know. And I would have kept her around, but you know. I have a soft spot for the for the uh, the youngest ones because I feel there's such a it's such a disadvantage. You're you're going against a she's nine. The guy uh, uh, Fraser gets Starbaker, well deserved. He's fifteen. That's like more than half her age, basically <laughs> older than her. Uh, so he's like fifty percent older than her. Uh, and and the you know, and from an experience point of view. There's just no way she can keep up with the experience if they've both been baking for any period of time. So, I don't know. I would have not sent her home, but that's I'm not the judge. Um, other things I noted, 
Um, you know, Harry, man, I love him. I just, he's just such a delight. Uh, he was, uh, <laughs> doing his thing, you know, trying to entertain. And he always, he does a good job. He has some jokes that go over the kid's head. Yes. He's doing it for the audience and people like they're adults. Um, but he, uh, was doing one where he would, they were doing the boxes, right? And said, oh, whose box is this? And the first one was a couple of, I didn't know who, who it was. It was Mark someone. I didn't even know who that was. So that one went over my head. But the second one, he goes, what's in the box? Oh, oh it's just a mirror. Oh, this is Paul Hollywood. So taking the jab at Paul. Risky move for, uh, for um, someone that doesn't work with Paul pretty regularly. But, uh, you know, I'm sure all is fine. But uh, he took a little, little jab there. Um, Again, it's uh, what this showed me this episode a little bit was just how important it is to meet the brief. Um, you know, because it, like, like, for example, during the sunglasses one, like they were the biggest problem they had more than anything else was that they didn't have the sprinkles on the inside. It seemed to be the biggest problem. And in the uh, showstopper, it was really about crisp lines and. No gaps. You know, Liam, I can't remember, you know, I can, almost every one that had any gap. I was like, no gaps. He's like, he's like, you know, giving that kind of wonky, funny face he does. So they're really looking for that. And um, I don't know. It, uh, I'm still, still reeling from, from her getting sent home. I did learn a few things from the kids, though. So apparently one of the moves is... Uh, Harry comes up to Mia. I learned both of these from Mia, by the way. Being, you know, for those that care, uh, Harry goes to her. You know, let's do a selfie. He goes, what if if you're famous and need a selfie? What do you? Oh, it's definitely the peace and pout. I'm like, what? What's a peace and pout? You know, so it's exactly what it sounds like. It's the peace sign with a pouty face. Apparently, that's something that the what the kids do these days and then she did something weird like it was like a this this little move it was a before baking it was kiss kiss knee tap tap or something like that it was like some almost like a superstition stitious move you know like um um before you before you like you know you do some kind of weird ritual before going into an event or something or for good luck or whatever Apparently that's something. It was like kiss, kiss, knee, tap, tap, or maybe it was knee, knee, tap, tap. I don't know what it was. Kiss, kiss, knee, knee, tap, tap. I'm like, I didn't go back and watch it again because I'm like, I, I, I'm, it's too much for me to figure out. But something new I learned from from the kids. Uh, but anyways, um, I don't know. This episode was a good episode. I will. Okay, so biscuit week. I guess gingerbread qualifies and, and little box houses qualify i don't know i kind of want to want to see more something a little more biscuity i guess i don't know i guess they're making biscuit to make the house but i don't know uh to me i just would rather see a different challenge of of uh, uh making something more i guess i'm gonna say american cookie like you know what i mean something small and edible not just a uh four squares of gin- of gingerbread or some other kind of bake. Um, I don't know. That's just kind of my take on it. But uh, I guess that's why you're here. I guess you want my take on it, I guess. huh? But um, I, I guess, uh, again, with it, Louis gets sent, sent home, I, I kind of was like, okay, all right. I don't love, I don't love the no send someone home 
first week anymore because it changes the dynamic. It just does. And um, they got to think, need to think a little harder about some of the things they ask the kids to do, like, you know, that require strength, height, or something along those lines. Because I tell you, busting those candies up in that first round was what set her back. Uh, just enough, I think. But who knows? You know what? Let's move on. Next week, uh, taking on another episode. I'm not sure. We, I think it's bread week next week. So we'll see that there's probably bread week. Then there's probably two more after that. And then um, then they recombine the group for the finals and for the uh, final few episodes. So looking forward to seeing it. And then we'll catch you next time on Scrummy Handshakes. Go have fun and bake. Bye-bye.